Father in heaven, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to come together. If not in person, we've come together in spirit. So we're all all in our different homes, locations of our um, opportunity. I pray that you come together with us. You say where two or more are gathered in your name, that is where you are. So even if we're alone and we ask for your spirit, there are two. So thank you for that promise. Thank you for drawing near to each one. Those who are watching on the internet, those who are watching on their TV, bless them today, I pray. Teach us, lead us, guide us into what you have for us today. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So in review, I wanted to encourage you to go back to our church website, PendletonAdventist.org, and click on the sermons. You can listen to the sermons in the past, so you can get a better idea of my, um, the direction we're going. Uh, Ephesians is really not my direction, it's, it's Paul's. So we're just going through the book, chapter by chapter, and talking about the points that he raises. So uh, just quickly, Ephesians chapter 1, we learned what we were meant to be. You're chosen. Ephesians chapter 2, not only are you chosen, we learn that we're united to God by his grace. We don't deserve it. He just gave it. Ephesians chapter 3, we learn that a Christian is rooted and established in Jesus. And so today, we get to open up our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, and we get to study through the book. I'm going to skip the middle, and next Sabbath, then we'll come back and we'll, we'll visit the middle of this chapter. But today, I'd like to talk about the first part and the last part of Ephesians chapter 4. In this chapter... I believe that we have arrived at one great pivot point right here in the first verse of chapter 4 Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4 if you don't have your Bible get it out Ephesians chapter 4 starting with verse 1 it says as a prisoner for the Lord then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. This, friends, this is the hinge on which the door swings. In chapter 4, we are passing through a doorway. So Paul calls you to live worthy. It's a more literal translation of this, live worthy, is, is to walk worthy. Walk as in your steps, your, your actions, your footprints on this world. And now in, in chapter 4, we, we step back into the world where you came from. It's the same world, but, but you are changed. So now what? Verse 1 says, walk worthy your steps should show the worth, the value of, of this calling that we've received. Not, not the price that you paid, 
but the price that he paid. Instead, now you know what Jesus paid. So, so we're called to walk worthy. So how should the man or woman walk who, who lived their whole life as a bum? Back in the kingdom scene, the knight picked you up. You got into his, his chariot and brought you to the castle. The king adopted you and, and made you his own child. Now you are his heir. You know what adoption cost him. You know the height, the depth, the breadth of his grace poured out on you. You also know how high, how deep, and how long is the love of Christ for you. So, what does this new walk look like? Verse 4, be completely humble and gentle. So the first step is humility. Of all the virtues, humility is the most lovely. Humble people are great people. There's no pretense. There's no arrogance. They're just real, real people. The verse of the, the rest of verse 2 says, Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. How is this love displayed? I would invite you to go to your Bibles again and open up your Bible to John chapter 3. Now Ephesians chapter, the, the book of Ephesians, the first three chapters, were about how you are in Christ. What does that look like? John chapter 3, 16 through 17. It says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Now the next three chapter, uh, chapters in Ephesians, the next three, four through six, are about how you are called to live. Turning your Bibles to John chapter three, or excuse me, First John chapter three, starting with verse 16. We're called. Now that we're Christians, we've taken upon our, ourselves or, or we're given the mantle. Jesus takes the mantle and puts it on us. Now what? 1 John three sixteen through 18. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So, one who's put on or given the mantle or given the robe of righteousness, Jesus Christ, so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Now here's an example of what that looks like. Verse 17, so if, if someone has enough money to, to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not, live, let's not merely say that we love each other, 
let us show the truth by our actions. When, when we know how God sees us, when you know how God sees you don't need to prove yourself. You, you don't, or you can actually put others first because God has already put you first. You are patient with those around you because God is patient with you. Back to Ephesians chapter 4, picking up with verse 3, it says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And here it is again. God's purpose. John chapter 17 also echoes, echoes this. Jesus saved us for unity. So he tells us, Paul in Ephesians 4, he tells us to keep it, make every effort, put work into it. The value of unity, or to value unity, we're called to value the way God does. And the key to unity is humility. Pride divides. Humility, biblical humility, unites. Now remember, you can't, you can't fake biblical unity. Fake, you can't, you can't fake biblical humility. Fake humility is ugly. Forced patience doesn't work. When we force humility or we force patience, we're, we're watering the fruit. But when your roots are, are digging down deep into the love of Jesus, your, your walk-worthy, your calling, will reveal your roots. And he doesn't say create unity. He says keep unity. Why? Because God has already made us one. Verse 4 through 6 says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all, and through all, and in all. There is only one. So we're called to live in oneness. So live in, live in oneness. How do I know I'm living in oneness? Imagine you're holding a cup of coffee in your hand and someone comes along and bumps you. And you spill coffee all over everywhere. So why did you spill the coffee? Some may say, well, it's because you bumped into me, of course. But that, that actually would be the wrong answer. You, you spilled the coffee because there was coffee in your cup. Had there been tea, water, lemonade, or whatever in the cup, you would have spilled that substance. 
Whatever is inside the cup is what will spill out. So again, if, if lemonade or tea or any other liquid is in your cup, that liquid is what will spill out. The bumping is simply the catalyst to reveal what is tucked inside. When last night you were bumped, what spilled out? Some cups, when they're bumped, well, some cups were bumped and something spilled out because I mentioned coffee in my illustration. Some cups get bumped when the speakers in our church squeal. What spills out? Some cups get bumped when the wrong lyrics are displayed on the screen. What spills out? Some cups get bumped when a, when a baby starts crying in our sanctuary service. What spills out? Some cups get bumped when, when that rude driver cuts you off. What spills out? Name your bump. When you are bumped, it's not if you're bumped, it's when you're bumped. What spills out? Friends, I don't know what's in your cup right now. But if you're any version of normal, there's a lot of liquid being bumped out of our cups. Many times... More times than not, life has demands that seem overwhelming. Especially right now, COVID-19 is going on. Many of us are in close spaces with family members we don't always get along with or who we don't agree with. Maybe there are old arguments that have never been resolved. Right now, we're living in a recipe for disaster. And when you get bumped, guess what's going to come out? Is it love? Is it gratefulness? Peace? Humility? Or is it anger, bitterness, harsh words, and reactions? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 21 through 28, is our calling. We've been through Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. We've seen the love of Jesus and the difference that he can make in our lives. He's offering transformation into, in us, through us. Ephesians chapter 4, there is an assumption for the Christian that Paul makes. We're different now we are in a sense crucified with christ it's no longer i that live it's christ that lives in me what spills out when you're bumped 
Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, Ephesians 1, 2, 3, you've learned and heard about Jesus and have learned about the truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Verse 24, put on your new creature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop lying. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. Verse 26, and don't let, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul for the Christian. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, as the Christian, one who understands Ephesians first, chapter 1, 2, and 3. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So to, to review, as we've looked at the first three chapters, we've learned who you are in Christ. Again, John three sixteen through 17. It is, in a sense, a bookend to the gospel. John three sixteen and 17. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that anyone, everyone, whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. The other end, if the other end, the last three chapters of Ephesians are about how you, how I, how each one Everyone who takes upon themselves the mantle of Jesus Christ, everyone who has responded to the gospel, everyone who has heard and knows the gospel, everyone who has Jesus living in and dwelling in the life. The last three chapters of Ephesians are about how we 
are called to live. 1 John 3, 16 through 18, again, it says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and, and sees a brother or sister in need but, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear, dear children, let's not merely say that we love Jesus. Let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's not merely come to church and sit in our pews and listen to the message and then go home. Sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That love transforms. Jesus sacrificed himself for me. Jesus sacrificed himself for you. Let us love. Let us show the truth by how we act. If I see my breath with every song I bring An empty voice, a hollow noise If I speak with a silver tongue Convince a crowd but don't have love I leave a bitter taste with every word I say So love
speak God's word with power, revealing all of his mysteries and making everything as plain as day. And if I have faith to say to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give all I own to the poor, or even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gone nowhere. So, no matter what I say, no matter what I believe, no matter what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Let my life be the proof, the proof of your love. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you sent your son. You loved us so much. Not, not just us that come to church every, every week. Not just us who spend time with you on a daily basis. You came to this world because you loved and love everyone. You loved so much that you sent your son to die for us. You, you did not send your son to condemn. Father in heaven, the story does not end there. If we dig deeper into what you want, that love is something that you want for the world, lived out through your Christians, people who have accepted you into their life. You are call you call us really to die die for the other. The other half of the gospel is us to go, is the call, it's the demand on us to go. Not so much to church. Your demand is to go and die. Not for so much just the pastor or the conference leadership, but the members in each church, your demand on each life who have accepted and have taken upon themselves your mantle is to go and die. There are so many things wrong in this world. You call us to go and die. Are we dying I pray, Father, that we go and we put your message ahead of our own.
that we put your work ahead of my agenda. That we put your interpretation ahead of my own philosophy. And we share with the world Jesus Christ in everything we do and say, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.